You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Joe Clark, good morning to you today. <laughs> Hello, Richard Sweatman. Ready to talk about some homegrown faith? Sure are. And uh, great to be uh, <laughs> A welcome to our listeners as well. Yes. It's been nice yes. having people come and talk to us. Yeah, it has been. I was listening to a podcast the other day and I was like, wow, they're so slick. <laughs> oh, well, we're going homegrown. <laughs> That's right. I oh, had that yeah, same anyway. experience, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for other people. We are unsponsored. That's we're not, exactly right. We're not sponsored by anyone, are we? No, no. I don't think we're looking to be sponsored anytime soon either. <laughs> so I'm not, yeah, we're not inviting any paid advertisers. Yeah, so if you're really wanting to, we're <laughs> going to say no straight out of the gate. <laughs> anyway, um, to you, what have you been up to, Richard? Oh, look, Joe, I thought I'd share with you some very exciting news and that I have a successful plant cutting. I think that's the right word. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. This is a cutting where you take, you cut a bit of plant off and stick it in some water and help it grow again. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, you're, you're propagating. It's oh, good. Propagating. Thank you. This is where we, why we need to talk. Um, so <laughs> I was at my mother-in-law's, uh, my, my in-laws down in uh, Sydney, and I saw that she had quite a healthy and good perennial basil plant. Uh, are you familiar with this? It's Yes. Like basil you normally get, and it's um, it tastes great, but it grows and dies and, and comes and goes and that sort of thing. But there's such a thing as perennial basil, which is more like a bush or a shrub, and that won't die, that you can just keep cutting basil leaves off as much as you like, which I've always sort of wanted, but I haven't seen around very much. And so I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I'll cut off, do a cutting, and I've, I've sort of semi-seen this. I had this vague memory that you cut something off and stick it in some water, and that's what I did. I drove it back from Sydney and stuck it in some water, and it, it's put out little sprouts, and, and now I've, I've moved it into a little pot with soil, and it seems to be alive and, and bringing out new new shoots. Uh, um, <laughs> I can hear the excitement in your voice, Richard, and I, I totally identify with I'm it. Astounded. It's this moment. It's so exciting, isn't it? You've probably done this heaps, right? The propagating. <laughs> I do a bit. Yeah. I, <laughs> liked it. I do have a lot of failure though, because I'll try a cutting and I'll be like, I'll give it a go. And then yeah. when it doesn't work, I have this moment of hope dashed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> so um, I'm, I haven't tasted the basil yet, uh, but hopefully it's all right. But I think yeah, if you're coming around to our place this week, I'll show you the, the cutting, the propagation. Yes, and, I um, will be excited to I'd see that. love to get your feedback on next steps and, and so on. <laughs> well, your wife, Jen, I will maintain, I give her plants and she has more luscious and beautiful plants than me. <laughs> She's just a great plant owner. So I would go straight to your wife. We are, me. <laughs> we are blessed for the north-facing aspect on our house. But, uh, oh, north-facing North-facing yeah, yeah. aspect, living the dream. <laughs> so that's my story. I'm looking forward to uh, growing that, cooking that. Mm, um, mm. What What have you been up to, Joe? Well, I've had an exciting development in my yoga make a yogurt making oh, career. Yes, myself. So and the, we're listening with bated breath. Well, yeah. I mean, Greg was talking about um, Easy Yo at church and how he'd fallen out with out of love with Easy Yo, and I talked about Easy Yo about two and a half months ago, I think, and had been thoroughly enjoying it on a massive high of having this rhythm of making yogurt at home yep. and just feeling flush with success. And then I get this text one day from a lady called Wendy at church and she says, Joe, have I got an offer for you? 
I was like, wow, this is an exciting text. I think that was how it was phrased. Yeah. And she said, I've got a 300-year-old Greek yogurt starter. Oh, wow. And I want to show you how to do your own yogurt at home that's not like a commercial product. Wow. And I know. And I got that text and I was like, how exciting. I'm thrilled. But I'm also like a little bit overwhelmed by the whole 300-year-old thing and I had a busy week. And so I said, I'll get back to you next week. Anyway, it came to my school, my holidays, and I thought, okay, now's the perfect time to make a new journey into yogurt. So I go to their house and they have mm. me over, um, Tony and Wendy, and it was amazing, and we had lovely cake together, which mm. had the yogurt in the cake. Mm. She shows me how to make it, and it's called Barnacle Bee, oh. and it's basically this starter that's been handed on and handed on and handed on. It has really great bacterial <laughs> qualities. It's great for your gut. Yep. And so basically all you do is you get your liter of full cream milk and you heat it to 95 and then you reduce it to 45 and you use then you add in this yogurt from the yogurt's been made over the years and you've got your new batch and you put it into an easy yo or an esky or something and six hours later you've got your yogurt wow and i've done it twice now i'm about to do my third run today Mm -hmm. and it is delicious oh really so it's worked everything it's worked it's worked and you have the sweet feeling of all this is is yogurt and milk and nothing else. So natural. I could basically be an early settler because I'm going right back down to the roots of how <laughs> to make something from the beginning without any kind of commercial production involved. Yeah. Now, this is, you know, aside from the whole I didn't milk my own cow, I didn't create my own plots, <laughs> and I didn't build my own house, but I feel really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Um, yeah. You've, you've got me interested. Yeah. So. It's good. Well, I'm here's a message to all the listeners out there. Not <laughs> that there's thousands of them. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to do a yogurt starter, I'd happily share that with you. It's very simple. Um, but also Wendy and Tony from church love it. So you could you could talk to them if you're at New AM with them. Oh, that is so cool. So the journey, the yoga journey continues for you, Joe. It continues with success, which is <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Great. Now, uh, what have you been reading in the Bible lately, Joe? Well, Today, I have been trying to get my head around the kings of Persia oh, because yeah. um, two weeks ago I talked about Zechariah um, or Zechariah. Do you say Zechariah? Yeah, I say Zechariah. Zechariah. Um, oh, yeah, okay. I have to make sure I get it right. Zechariah is who I'm reading at the moment and I'm going quite slowly because I found it, as I mentioned last time, a little bit hard going trying to understand the visions. Oh, it is. But then in Chapter 7, um, verse 1 of Zechariah, it says, In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. Mm-hmm. And so basically we've got a context statement about history and it goes on to have this amazing, it's this incredible chapter which in which God says, You're thinking about fasting. And doing all this stuff, but were you ever really fasting for me? Yeah. yeah. In verse five, and it's this really stark question of you're doing religious habit, but you're not honouring the God for whom you're meant to be doing this stuff for. Mm. It's it's not about a relationship with me. It's just your habit, and that really prompted me to think, oh, what am I doing habitually that I say is in you know in honour of to honour God, but is actually not. So it really prompted that. But I really got stuck on, okay, King Darius, I know he's from Persia, but I don't know anything about it. And I do think Ezra and Nehemiah are some of our little known books, but there's just such powerhouse books in terms of the end of the history of the Old Testament. So I jumped back to Ezra and I've been trying to pull together the kings of Persia. So, so far I've got, yes, so far I've got. King Cyrus is the, the king of Persia who allows 
who gets the decree from God, allows the Jews to go back to the southern kingdom and rebuild Jerusalem. Yep. That's in Ezra chapter 1, which is, I just think, an incredible miracle. Um, then we have Xerxes. So the Persians under Xerxes start lodging complaints about the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Artaxerxes, there's a whole lot of letters in Ezra chapter 4, mm-hmm. um, which are essentially like public works complaints. <laughs> yeah, and, I remember those. Yeah, it's like basically writing to council and saying, stop that, stop that, only <laughs> it's much more significant. Um, and so all the works ground to a halt, and you see that at the end of Chapter 3. Um, oh, no, not end of Chapter 3, um, somewhere in there, yep. vague. And then we meet Darius for whom you see a big change and works, the rebuilding gets going again essentially. Yep. And so Zechariah, I've worked out, is happening at the same time around the same time this King Darius, who's rebuilding and starting again, is in power. And that's as far as I got today. Uh, as I that was. is very helpful. It's hard yeah. to have a, a mnemonic when one of the kings starts with X. <laughs> C, you're saying it's C-X-A-D. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to work That's not going to happen. Either. <laughs> but you got anything off the top of your head? Oh, no. I've got xylophone in my head, Yeah, that's exactly. not really going to work. I'm sure something would come up. But I, I love the way you've gone back and actually tried to figure out how it all works and, and put things in context. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I have to be careful not to hide from the message of the, the original text that mm-hmm. I'm reading for the sake of just trying to find out more knowledge. Yeah, and so I think right. as I was just even just talking just now to you, um, I was thinking, oh, I probably need to spend some more time in Zechariah because the challenge to not just do things but to do the things to to act as a way of serving God and loving God and be relational in my action, that really was a bit of a sting for me. Mm. And so mm. I think I I don't know if other people are prone to this, but I can be prone to thinking, oh, well, I know that now rather than I've let God rebuke me in mm. here and I'm listening to that rebuke and I'm wanting to move into change. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think, look, historical context is always valuable. It's always so, interesting. Yes. But the question yeah. has got to be uh, how have what I learned about the historical context helped my understanding of the meaning of the passage? Yes. Uh, oh, that's the perfect way of putting it. Yes, that's it. So it's Can all, you say that again? Uh, how, say that again? how has my understanding of the historical context helped me understand this passage better? This passage better. Hmm. And it's all, I like that. Yeah, all on a pathway to um, understanding and learning and then ultimately uh, conviction, repentance, application, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. Mm. Um, you can't rush it, but yeah, it's it's all serving a purpose. Yeah, um, that's right. But uh, yeah, no, it's very powerful. This chapter, this uh, Zechariah seven, um, mm. yeah, exposing our religiosity and yeah. Mm. Did you mm. narrow anything down, or are you still kind of nah. looking into it? I think I have to go back to it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, what, have we, what about you? What have you been reading or thinking about? Oh, well, I have been doing a little bit of thinking and reading about the incarnation. Uh, yes. You and I are presenting a, uh, uh, an, a doctrine night at our church, a big ideas night that we call them, on this in a few weeks. And uh, to get me thinking, I did a bit of reading of Athanasius. Um, yes. Now, Athanasius uh, was, um, we, we both learned about him in Bible college, but it's very hard to remember things you've learned in Bible college. So, yeah. uh, learned about him and forgot about him well, since then and had to relearn again. <laughs> yeah. It's always better to learn and forget than never to have yes. learned before at all. That's my yeah. But anyway, Preach it, brother. 
Athanasius was the Bishop of Alexandria in Egypt. From uh, He lived 296 to 373 um, and uh, was influential in, in the Council of Nicaea, which was an important uh, church council. And uh, he, I think as a young man, wrote a very good, uh, would you call it a book or a pamphlet or an article, um, but it's called On the Incarnation. And uh, this, uh, I thought I'd go back and read that because there's something nice about reading things from church history. It's, mm. it's kind of like time travel almost. You, you, you're just lifting out of your current context and going back in time and mm. hearing someone pitch an idea for, for perhaps well, the first time in history. Mm. So, um, the, uh, so he writes about the incarnation, explains why God became flesh, took on flesh, um, he's contending against Platonism and other things of his day, but um, he just speaks in a really fresh way. And I thought I'd just read a couple of uh, passages that um, I found stimulating. They're a bit hard to read because I think people in the olden days, Joe, wrote in long sentences. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, There's a more is more approach. Yeah, <laughs> here's a couple. He says... Uh, he, that is God, took pity on our race and had mercy on our infirmity and condescended to our corruption and, unable to bear the death, should have the mastery, lest the creature should perish and his father's handiwork in men be spent for naught, he takes unto himself a body and that of no different sort from ours. Great little quote there, just looking at the, uh, the, the, the incarnation about pity and mercy and, and condescending to our corruption. And it, um, it being of the same sort as mm, ours. Yeah. That would have been key for highlighting that he wasn't some kind of different human being or a different being. It was He was taking one human flesh. Yeah. Uh, one more little quote. He says, um, uh, And like as when a great king has entered into some large city and taken up his abode in one of the houses there, such city is at all events held worthy of high honour, nor does any enemy or bandit any longer descend upon it and subject it. But, on the contrary, it is thought entitled to all care because of the king's having taken up his residence in a single house there. So, too, has it been with the monarch of all. Uh, and that really caught Whoa. my attention. Like, Jesus comes to humanity is somehow like honouring of, of creation and humanity. Yes. And the making of a home makes me think of the indwelling of the spirit that happens after Jesus has yeah. ascended and he sends and and as well the going to make a home, that's where Jesus is now, making a home for us in heaven. Yeah. That theme really marries with the language of scripture. I really mm. like that. That mm. language he's using fits with what we know of how God describes his relationship with humans. Yeah. Hmm. So um, no, Athanasius, like it's it's hard work in some ways, but it's actually yeah quite refreshing and um, hmm. to to read it. I'll I'll put a link on there on the show notes, and hmm. um, you and me we're hoping to do a little bit of Athanasius at the Big Ideas Night. So I think that will be great. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> Anything personal you think in terms of an application for you from your reading, or is uh, it still processing? Yeah, I feel like I'm still on the journey. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got. Uh, hints of um, applications for me but um, yeah I don't think I've landed on anything yet but uh, yeah hmm. no, that's where we're heading great well it's been good to chat Richard as always Joe good to chat mm. and uh, I'll talk to you soon. all the best with your yogurt and I'll talk to you soon <laughs> sounds good see ya bye <laughs>